You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, you're listening to the Wig Hackers podcast, where you get the real feeling of what goes on working on the hair side of the entertainment industry. You never know where my rants will go, so stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wig Hackers podcast, and it's your host, Daniel Coy. Just to let you know, I have a uber special guest on today. I got to cut some locks off, which I'm sure we're going to get into. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ramses JT. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, wow. Look at that. Woo, woo. That's the best round. Yeah. What's up, mister? It's been a minute. Oh my goodness, it has been a minute, but it had, you know, it feels like I just saw you yesterday, honestly. As soon as I see you, it's kind of like all these things just flood back. Uh, it yeah. was a time, right? It was definitely a time. It was a time. I learned, I learned a lot. It was a period of a lot of growth, and uh, I, I'm just extremely thankful for everything that happened. I can't, I can't, I, I've been able to step out of it, obviously, and, and see it from the outside, and the time has passed, and it's it's nothing but a blessing and everybody that we worked with, I think was an incredible blessing. In my yeah, life I, I, I mean, I, okay. So for those of you who don't know, who are just tuning in, Ramsey's was on Lincoln Rhymes Hunt for the Bone Collector. He was Costello, uh, one of my favorite peeps. Uh, well, I got to do his hair, hello. Um, but we had a little issue during the pilot. I don't want to say issue, but we, he had hair literally, like it was definitely past your shoulder, right? Yes. It was definitely to my chest. <laughs> to the middle to like the bottom of my chest. And so at six o'clock in the morning, we, I, well, I'd purse, okay. So little story, I don't know if I told you, but in the first meeting we had with the director, I thought you were playing Felix. Like first, of, I know. So I was like, okay, he's going to have a top knot. I like this a lot. All right, cool. Well, little to my surprise, he did not, uh, no, no. So he plays a cop. So as I hope some of you know, um, some about period and hair and like statue and all. So we had to cut it all off. So my first question is how did you prepare? How did they give you that, that information first and foremost? 
Well, uh, I mean, I knew when I auditioned that um, I was auditioning for a character that they were looking for, a very Boy Scout um, style of detective. And um, I didn't originally want to go to the audition because of that, because I just didn't want to go into the whole situation of, oh, well, you know, you're looking for a detective, but I look like everything but a detective <laughs> that's cleaned up. And um, they were like, well, just go in. And after the audition, they were like, oh, we love it. And we're willing to rewrite the character for him. But is he okay with cutting his hair? And truth be told, the only way I was going to cut my hair was for a series version. <laughs> so I was already prepared for it. You know, I, I went into it with a plan to try to convince them to not cut my hair. And actually, now that I think about it, it was a good plan. And they, I probably could have pushed a little bit harder and kept that hair. But um, it happened. And, and, you know, it was good because I think as soon as you cut it, I went into a character. I mean, it was, de I mean, guys, we're, we're talking like inches. We, there was a video he posted of it. And just that early in the morning for me, I'm like, oh, we couldn't do this another day. But um, it was good, though. It was really good. I, I like you with short hair, to be honest. I like you with long, long, long I liked when you came in with long hair. I know you're transitioning right now from <laughs> short, short to long hair. So, um, I mean, like, look at that back. It would, woo, that would never fly. Well, the show didn't get picked up. Ho hum, ho hum. <laughs> um, well, I thought it was only, I think it were, originally they only wanted to do one season. So I think that the second season, was always kind of far-fetched in general. So I think they, they accomplished their goal and made their money and, and they got out of Dodge. I was only thinking because of since COVID happened, we had a chance because the set was still up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think um, COVID actually dated the idea. Mm. You know, it made the idea feel old all of a sudden. True. Like it made it feel like it was like the past like like a long time ago like those things those type of shows are not coming back anytime soon type of thing no and um i think also the environment changed a lot with george floyd and black lives right. matter where you know we had a show that was very diverse in the beginning and was really pale at the end and um you know yeah. hey but that was a business decision which was very smart on part of the network because the audience was very white and older male so you're not going to force feed those people something that they don't want. True. So I understood that, but at the same time, kind of, I think it put the show in a difficult position where it was like, they were going to be looked at, NBC was going to be looked at a certain way for picking up that type of show in the type of climate that we were in. True. They made the right decision. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, once again, who knows? It could have been something else where they're like, no, we just don't want it. You know, like in, in my world, in my head, I'm just, I go there. Um, no, but you know, I, I must say that uh, the actors that we had, like Russell and Ariel, yeah. did an incredible job as leads. And, and when you watch the show, you can see that it had all the potential to go as far as they wanted. It could have went 11 seasons if they felt like doing all the books. They, they definitely could have carried the show by far. Yeah, I know. I'm in a couple of the, the, the chat groups that are still following it. So people are still coming in because it's airing all over the world. So like yes. they're getting like that, that like that, <laughs> that second round. Legit for you. It's an incredible situation to be on a show where on the first season it gets syndicated worldwide. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you, 
my stuff still same old I, I got paid and done basically. You get to see residuals, not here. Well, I hope so. We got we got a brand new SAG agreement. They look like they're trying to chop it up. So, <laughs> well, no one. Yeah, I hope, I hope right I'm now. grandfathered in from the old agreement by far, because it ain't gonna be the same business coming no. coming up. No, it's, not even it, close. No, the whole thing. I mean, I'm just just union talk. I mean, it's just such a different world, like what we're living in. Yeah. Like, even from haircuts to how we are, we're doing things and prepping things like we already had a small crew technically like in the hair and makeup department but like any period piece or stuff like that i'm worried about but that's that's not this conversation though oh, so, oh sorry sorry <laughs> we went we went way anyway no this is this this is our hair chalk this was what we would talk about in the chair literally i would do his hair he'd not get his food and he'd be in the chair and I'd have to keep him busy and I would have to keep his mind really occupied so he wouldn't flip out. So I would just talk to him about random things to get him to go in a a tailspin of talking just so he had like, oh, give them X some time, you know, let the PA have a little extra time. By the way, the the food was, the hanger was also because I would come from the gym right to set. Well, so that is true. I would, you know, I would be starving when I would get to the set, and they'd be like, "Nope, your your food's not ready, and you can't eat." Sorry, it's like, wait, <laughs> what? Am I a guest star here? Where's my food? Ah, start flipping tables. Then Daniel has to get me under control. Bear hug me, put me, sit me back down, do my hair by force. There's a reason why they killed me in season finale. <laughs> it was a good one, though. I have to say, you died very well on camera. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, what was the audition like for Lincoln Rhymes? Like, because you, I mean, to be honest, I'm, producers are not, and, and casting directors are not as creative as they used to be. Like, so I'm like, like example, like when they go in for auditions for like Broadway shows and like a guy has to play a girl, they want them to come fully dressed. So I'm just wanted to know how that process went because you looked nothing like what we created for the camera. Do you know what I mean? So like, what, what was, was there, like, did you have to slick back your hair in the audition? Did you wear hats? What was, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I went into the audition feeling like there was no way I was going to get this in general. So I went in there very, very, very fearless. Um, I was actually looking for some pictures to see if I had them, but I just uh, downloaded them and deleted them from my old phone. Um, but I went in there extremely fearless. I went there with a beard. I went with my long hair in a, in a, in a bun. And I was just a very aggressive version of Eric towards Russell. And then also a very um, chill version towards Amelia mm-hmm. and um, because I didn't think I was going to get it I just kind of did what I wanted mm-hmm. and they really liked that they really that's what that's what they liked and um, then when they called me back in um, they were like before he gets here he needs to shave he needs to tie his hair back mm-hmm. he needs to look like he's network ready so like my agent and my manager literally picked out my wardrobe they picked out my look. They did everything. And that was actually the first time that I had done something like that because I, you know, one of the worst experiences I had in, in early on in, uh, 
in, in getting to LA was showing up at an audition and you dress for the audition and then you get into the audition and every single person is dressed just like you. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is not unique. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't the way that you're going to get a job here. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I have the, you know, people, casting directors know that I'll show up in pajamas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm there to act. I'm not there to do costume and I'm no. not there to do hair or right. makeup. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that does make sense. Um, all right. I'm going to switch gears. What is the hardest part of writing, directing, producing? Because you did it all on one project, right? The hardest part, um, I think I learned to respect each position. Like, uh, very different. Um, you need to have these positions be a specific person in all different people. It's very rare that you get very, very good writer directors. It's, mm-hmm. um, but for first time directors, they tell you that you're never going to direct something unless you write it because nobody's going to give you a movie to direct if they've never seen your work. So you kind of put in that pressure position. Um, when it comes to producing as well, you know, once you start directing and you get into that gear, you're not producing anymore. I mean, you're trying to save the production team money, but your head is so in the creative space that you're just trying to make the picture work as much as humanly possible. Um, so I think what I really learned is, is just the difficulty of you can't do everything, you know, and okay. you have to learn to trust other people. And it, and it really is a team. Like you have to work as a team in order to accomplish things. And, um, you know, egomaniacs, I'm sure, do really well in their own way, but you know, like those are guys that I think have already amassed. Like if I had directed 30, 30 films already, then writing might not be so difficult for them. Mm. You know, but your first project, you can't be a first time writer and a first time director and a first time producer on a feature film. I think that's a big, big, big mistake. Um, so even in finishing the movie right now that we're speaking about, you know, like I say that uh, the writer. Oh, this is was, the same one. Yeah, this is the same one. Okay, like, okay. So, yeah, the, so I usually say that the writer didn't do a very good job. The director was mediocre. And the people that are going to finish this movie, the editors and the sound people, they have to be top notch in order to finish right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, what was it like on your first TV set you were ever on? Like walking onto the first one? The first TV set I was on, I have to say that uh, I was, first of all, I, I have to point out that my whole career would not be possible unless amazing women did not propel me to to believe in myself. And this doesn't just come from like my grandparents or like my grandmother and my mother. This is also from like the first director I ever worked with is Marisol Torres. And she's the one that convinced me when I went to ask for an application to be a grip on the film to audition. And she's actually the first director I had in a feature film. And then she also offered me the very first TV guest star appearance that I had in Law and Order. Mm. And um, the amount of pressure that I had on that set because it had, it had been offered to me was unbelievable. And I don't think I've ever been so prepared. And it's actually, I feel like I climaxed in the very first guest star. Mm. Uh, like, it's like my, my career hasn't been the same since. You know, like I did, I, like the scenes and that I did there made me feel like, oh my God, I really, I can do this. Like, there's something that happens when I really dig in here and working with the right director that really cares about how they're shooting you and how they're filming you. You know, it's, uh, I had a really, really privileged and blessed experience on my first guest star, on my mm. first TV set. And I was very blessed. 
how long did it take you from deciding to become an actor till you actually like in your brain brain was like you know no i made it like how long was that process what was that process like do you know what i mean like my there had to have been like a, yeah yeah i mean my the first time i wanted to do film in a acting capacity i think it was around the time that i was 16 years old the first film I did was when I was 19, which is the one I just spoke about called Chicago Boricua. And then I don't think I felt like I did any, I mean, I felt like I just got to the starting line in reality. I don't know if I've done anything, but I was obviously Lincoln is the the biggest, it's like that, you know, you get a series regular, and it's like you've accomplished something, like you've, you've plateaued into a different level. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the first time I felt like, oh, I'm a professional at this. <laughs> really so, so like, be, really yeah 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 i would say that was from 19, it was about uh, 17 years okay wow okay 17 years so where like, i felt like i just i was i felt like i was my whole you know like i i was getting hired because i was uh, the diversity person and i wasn't I was safe or or i was cute in whatever way they were looking for like i never really felt like i was being hired because of talent at mm. all and um you know i felt like the audition process of getting lincoln had a lot to do with uh all of the things that I had learned and absorbed from all the other people. And I was able to really put it together and that I was able to get the job because of that. So that's, I think the very first time where I felt very relieved. Well, I don't even, I don't have to get in my life. I'm fine with it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to be going on forever and ever and ever. I mean, how many more countries hey. does that have to go? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I did a little stalking, um, obviously, because that's what I do. Um, what was the big break from 2012 to 2017 from filming? What happened? Or what, what were you doing? A, yeah, I went to, basically, I went to Dominican Republic with a script, and it took me a year to get the movie funded. Mm. So I was knocking on doors, trying to get investors, and then I got the movie funded uh, late 2013. Um, I had moved there late 2012, late 2013. I go into, I get the money. They ask, I have to shoot super quick by the end of the year. I think I got the money in November and I had to be done shooting by December 23rd. Wow. And first project, first feature, (laughs) right? And then we shoot that. I do some reshoots in 2014 during the summer, run out of money for post-production. I go into what I call editing hell. Uh And I realized, again, I'm like, well, I wrote and directed, I might as well edit this. And it was the worst decision. I, you know, <laughs> I, and I did that after I had hired the wrong editor um, for the film. Oh. And I believe that there was another film in there. Um, and then I edited into circles and then thankfully I've met the right editor for the film. And so like, but the time just keeps passing and passing and passing throughout this time. And so like, all of that time was because of the film. It was, okay. I was making, I was making a movie. So I, yeah, that's, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it made it, it forced me to live in a very creative space yeah. uh, of a lot of sacrifice, of a lot of wins and losses and highs and lows. So by the time I showed up on camera again, you could see that my eyes had a lot more depth. There was a lot mm-hmm. more experience in my life than there was before. Okay. I'm, I'm, I was just wondering, cause I just saw this huge break in your, like, where did he go? Yeah. Where did his mind yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt like I was doing well in the guest star game and I was kind of moving along and, and you know, I think maybe it was a little interest, but I hated the roles that I was doing as an actor. I felt like I wanted to shoot a short film where I could kill all of them together. I could play like all these characters that I had played in all these shows and just like put them in a room and light it on fire. I just hated those roles. And, um, and I felt really uh, passionate about a situation that was happening 
um, on the island where I was born, where children are being kidnapped and they're being, you know, mistreated and trafficked. And when I read about that, I just felt like I had to do this project. And, I, and it didn't really matter what I wanted to do personally, like that thing, that just had to get put to the side and I had to make this project happen. Mm. And uh, I'm almost done with it, thank God. <laughs> That's great though. Yeah. Um, so I know you did a little bit on The Walking Dead. Fear of the Walking Dead. Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah. What, yeah. what did you learn from it from actually like being on it so much? Well, that was my it, first job after being absent. <laughs> and I definitely went into it very well. Um, I definitely learned that when you're on set, there is a different behavior on set and there's things you don't say and do. Um, and uh, I think, it, yeah, it was an experience. Fear of the Walking Dead was an experience and a half. I mean, it was, it was also one of those. I remember the audition because it was an audition that for the very first minute of the audition, I didn't speak. Like they said action and it took me like a minute to sit in the chair because I was acting as a character. But I was also fearless. I had just come back from an island. I was, I was so in debt that it was just kind of like, whatever, if I get this, I get this. If I don't, I don't. It was like the sixth audition that I had done. So, and I knew the fear of the walking dead. By, and here's what's crazy. When I was in Dominican Republic, I remember thinking to myself, when I'm Fear the Walking Dead came out, I was like, man, see, if I was in LA, I could have been on that show. Uh, <laughs> and it, okay. It happened. Yeah, and it happened. Um, it was great to work on Fear the Walking Dead because I got to know some of my, you know, greatest friends that are in the business. Raul Caso was one of them. Karen Bexab is another one. Andres Londono. Like, there was a big shift of, like, Latin characters that hit the, the show all of a sudden. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it was... It was nice. It was nice to experience that. And, um, you know, working with, I think, uh, Coleman Domingo and Alicia Carey, like, you know, uh, it was, it was dope. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was cool, man. And it was, and, it, and then it was like, you're on another syndicated worldwide show. Like, <laughs> I just felt so looked out for and blessed. And it was, that's, that's how it's been since, since I came back from the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. uh, what is a hard no for you now? when you look at a job, like what is going to be like throughout everything? Cause I know Lincoln as well taught you things. Like what is, what are those like contract no's that are in the contract? Nudity is for sure a contract no. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't like being, I don't, I don't believe in people being sexualized, hetero, homo, anything. Mm. Like I think something, some things are better left to be private and you know, I will, you know, that's going to be the personal thing. That I that I hold on to. Mm. Um, I think that there's also a space where if you're in a great creative space, you know, and you feel a character a certain way, you should stick to that idea. You should not let them come in and form you and reshape you into what they may think. Because there was a lot of moments, and you know this from Lincoln, where when they cut my hair, they were still unsure. Mm. They were unsure about the look, they weren't sure what direction they're gonna go, and that created a whole bunch of insecurity in me, which really worked for the character because he was a rookie detective in a big situation. Right. He felt very rookie in general, and it was right. But they didn't do that on purpose. No. They weren't trying to mess with me to create that character, <laughs> like, right? They created a lot of like, do they really like me? Do they not like me anymore? It's like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's almost like you feel like you're in this relationship, and the girl, you like. Does she like me the same now? Like, yeah, am I still as wanted here? You know, and um, and you and you lose your moxie. You know, you lose your mm -hmm. like your your confidence in that way. And all of a sudden, you're you're thinking to yourself like, 
saying like if i lose here like i'm losing under their terms not even under mine ah uh, yeah yeah so i think for as artists we want to lose under our terms we don't want to lose under other people's terms mm. so that, cutting that's my hair is a hard no <laughs> <laughs> and i mean you <laughs> hard no you want somebody that doesn't have hair hi somebody who doesn't have hair i'm fine there's gonna be another job for him it's okay <laughs> i'm just laughing because your hair was such a thing oh it was it was a thing it was it would have so, been different think about it. nobody in nbc had that look it would have been very different very very different it would have brought a whole different audience to the show different aspect it would have felt it, it would have been real fresh versus same old same old right i like I, like I said, I thought you were a totally different person. So when I read it, I was like, oh, but it was just so, I, I mean, even with other characters on the show, I know like with, with Roslyn and stuff like that, the, the, there's so many boxes we have to check, you know, and hair seems to always get the brunt end where we have to, I don't want to say whitewash, but we have to like wash everything and make it just so relatable in any circumstance. You know, like I would have loved to had you in yeah. a ponytail, like to be honest, you know, ponytail, pull it back, call it a day. Like, like, but yeah, as a especially cop, when, when I did the, mm -hmm. go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, when I did the research for the, for the detective and I met so many detectives and I realized that detectives can have long hair and that detectives blend in and that they're undercover like yeah and that they went and they come from that so there was really no reason for the detective to all of a sudden you know change that overall he could have still been a rookie because because the rookie part of this detective wasn't that he was a rookie detective it was that this was one of his massive cases and he had already come to Lincoln you know that's the original idea he'd already come to Lincoln to please look at other cases before but Lincoln didn't want to look at those cases because they weren't high profile enough right. so he was you know he was he was a he was a, he was your every he was a white um he was a blue collar detective who had come from an urban setting and who believed in solving crimes that other people overlooked so it, all of those things fit to the look that I had before but then you know what it came of it you know i think was a little confusing for everyone in general mm -hmm. i think even the network was even confused like what are we gonna do because <laughs> i know we had like issues from what products to what uh how long how short how yeah like yeah, yeah, i yeah. mean there was remember you, you remember you cut it and it was like uh look i have i have the, the original picture we said like ah <laughs> look there is everywhere Everywhere. Everywhere. Like, it was like, wait a minute, wait, what? What is happening here? And then it just kept, you know, going, into, and then it went to this. Yeah. Right? And they're all just different, the different people, the different people, you know, they show different kinds and you, Well, I mean, your body also on this show, I mean, I know that we don't get to see it at all, but you get jacked in this show over <laughs> this, these, these, you know, 10 episodes. Uh, Eric gets fucking jacked like no one's fucking business. Man, so, I went through oh. I went through a bad situation in Fear the Walking Dead where they hit me with a shirt off the day before and I was not prepared for that. 
<laughs> and I was just kind of like, this is not going to happen to me on this channel. This is not going to happen to me. If I have to take my shirt off, I'm going to be ready for this. Okay? They're going to have this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show off this eight pack that I have here. And there's a, there's, a, there's a small glimpse in the episode where they're like showing my, uh, my, uh, my dating profile or whatever. Oh, right. Yes. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Where you kind of see it a little bit. But overall, it was just the discipline of the character. Also, kind of adapting to this role that I was playing of, uh, you know, he always wants to be ready. And he doesn't ever want to fail his team. And he doesn't ever want to be the one who's not fast enough or strong enough. Um, and so I think it was just part of him using his own attributes to, con to contribute to the team. You know, mm -hmm. like you already had the brains. You already had someone that had the wit. And, the, and even someone who had the gift. Like you, you had all the other things which you didn't have. It was kind of, you know, quote unquote, the muscle, you know. True. Very true. Very true. Because Russell couldn't really. He's next. I mean, his his arms got big from that pilot yeah, yeah, Russell, to, Russell to that last Jack, one. <laughs> yes, yes. Jack, the wheelchair person I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the pecs came out in the arms. I mean, like, holy yeah, no. cow. Everyone. And he would test me all the time. He kept asking me. He'd be like, you, you hit the gym? You hit the gym before you got here? <laughs> right. He was like, my man. My <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um... So, okay, out of everything you've done, what show, like, sticks out the most? Like, like when you, like, think about, like, like, which one, either early on or now, or which one sticks out the most and why? Surprisingly, I think Vita sticks out a lot in, in my life because, um, you know, Vita had a lot to do with first LGBTQIA community. Mm. being explored in a very different way in a very in a way where they Tanya Sarachi was able to represent that community as everyday folks who have the same issues of you got to pay bills you got to wake up you got to work mm. you got debt you know what I mean you got people who are trying to screw you over consistently and um, as a Christian entering that set I was the only Christian that was on that set mm. right and so like you you come into a job where most people will look at you like you know um, probably hates us you know and um it was nothing but one of the best families i was able ever able to experience and mm -hmm. um and to this day like we're all super close and super tight and i think i was able to learn a lot about things that i personally didn't know um which is very important so that when we speak about things and we speak with other people because i know that the religious community is very ignorant towards these things like i feel like a great mediator to be able to explain things that it's like no no it's not how you picture it in your head it's actually very very different right. um so i i felt very impacted by that show by the responsibility and also by everything that i learned besides just on the role itself um and yeah i, I would say that 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 did impact me a lot overall hmm. what is one aha moment that you were like dang you know what I mean? Like one of those like slaps in the face, like, dang, aha, now I got it. Do you know what I mean? Like it could have been good or bad, like, like, or maybe what's a good and what's a bad one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think actually, <laughs> no, good, I did a show, I did this episode on good behavior and I worked with Michelle Dockery, who I think is a phenomenal actor. <laughs> and, um, and I was doing, there was a scene that I felt this intimacy in the scene, but I was scared to get close to her because she was Michelle Dockery and they was like, are they gonna be okay with me getting this close to her? And I think after we shot the scene, like 
actually we did one take of it but we didn't do enough of it but she also felt the intimacy in the scene and i regret it to this day <laughs> not going full force into the scene so that there was a very genuine moment that happened with such an incredible actor that was a very aha moment in a way of like you don't need to doubt what you're doing you know, and it is true. It's better for them to tell you to not do that than for you to ask for permission. Right, right. For sure, for sure, as an artist. Um, I think that that sticks out like that in like half a second. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I have several, I understand. What, um, so now that you had to chop off all your hair, and obviously it is a hard no, how is it, how is it going to change you, like going in for characters, like going in for things? How have you started thinking about how to? Uh, well, I mean, I would them? say to, to, to maybe reiterate a little bit more. It's kind of like it's not that I won't cut my hair for the right role. Like if, if it calls for it, mm. you know, I, I can. It's not something that I, I won't consider. But I think it's important for me to feel like the people that are asking me to change a look or they're creating a character. I need to feel the like the secureness in what they're actually doing. Okay, you know, like. Because if you if if you show me a picture of me, you know, from ten years ago, and you're like, we want to turn you into this again, it's kind of like, um, that's not who I am anymore. You know, it's like I'm different. I'm a different person. Because um, they wanted so, you like bald, like yeah, they in that they meeting. They had, because they had seen this picture of me bald yep. online. And I'm like, I took that when I was 22. Just yeah. So you know, that 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 is an old. That was the, that was the, he was like, no, this is what we're doing. I said, oh, right. okay. Right, right. And I was like, right. I'm not telling I mean, him. I, just, I like to embrace where I'm at. And it's like, it's, yeah, right, right. I think there's actors that are really good at playing characters and they're doing uh, like a period pieces and things like that. And then there's yeah. actors that I think are able to be in a great creative space and are able to breathe life into a character. I think I'm, I'm kind of the second type of actor. And I, it's like when I'm in a great creative space, I can really breathe life into a character. But if all of a sudden you try to turn me into a character that I'm not, it becomes much more challenging for me. Um, so yes, I think I'm just going to, I think moving forward, I just want to stay in an honest space and not tell people what they want to hear so that I get the job. Because that's also true. my fault. You know, like it's okay for you to be like, you know what, I might not be right for this. And, it's, and people are going to respect you because if I'm doing a movie, you know, like, I don't want to hire the wrong actor and I don't want the actor to tell me what I want to hear. And then all of a sudden I get the set and it's completely different. Right. You know? Like most of, most of um, directing is done in casting. And if you do casting right, then you don't really have to direct too much. Right. But if you don't do casting right, Oof. you're directing a whole lot of characters that like doesn't seem to get. Um, so I think I just want to trust myself more and be, be more honest. You know, I think that that's, mm. just, that's just more important. Whether, whether it gets me the role or not. If someone like yourself is coming up, I don't know who's listening and all that. I, I know people always have, we all have our baggage. Uh, what is something that you would have wanted to tell your younger self before you started in this journey? I think one of the things I have definitely learned is that you don't need to go anywhere to be an artist. Like I, I got really lost in, in Hollywood because I think you feel like when you get to Hollywood, you can network your way through things and you mm. can meet the right people, et cetera. And like somebody's going to discover you type of thing. And it's like, that's not art. You know, that's not, that's not no. what being an artist really is. Like develop your craft, 
continue to learn, to read, to, to research, to practice, right? To not become like regurgitated vomit from other artists, but like to really yourself, like to live life, like experience life where you have something to offer. If you're, wherever you're at, you can create work. It's very different, I guess, than when I was, when I was starting. Like now anything you can create can be seen by the world as long as it's good. Yeah. And it's okay if you start creating and it's not as great as you want it to be. But once you get those projects out of the way, the next ones that you're doing get better and better. You just keep going. Don't mm. feel like you got to go and meet someone or be somewhere to be who you want to be. You can definitely craft it right where you're at. Be fearless and trust that the process is going to get you to where you need to go. Good advice. I like that a lot. Now that we have a whole new world of acting where literally anything can be seen anywhere with the, the day of media, what, what do you suggest people do? Do they become TikTok famous? Do they still try to go the same route? How, how do you want, how would you tell someone to like find their true self and express it through like social media? Because a lot of people are seeing that. Um, I know you were so good at social media for, for Lincoln. I mean, you were just on top of it. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, how would you work on yourself and also show the true Thanks you? Thanks to you, by the way. You're the one that gave me the <laughs> advice on how to stay on top of it. That was all you, Daniel. You were like, you were like my, you were my social media guy. Seriously, you were like, you need to do this, and you need to do this, and you need to download this, and have this ready for this. I was like, oh, okay. I saw you posted you know, one of your photo it. shoot photos, and I'm like, yes, he finally posted another one. Thank goodness. I know your short was off. I'm like, oh my gosh, he did it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and actually, that that's part of the answer. That's part of the answer. Like, you know, I work this great body, quote unquote, right, and then. Legit. I mean, guys, like, I, I have to say, legit, he did show off. He was proud as, as, as a man can be. I mean, he also yeah, I mean, did, I'll, you I'll did the work. Was like, I, was, I was like with my family and the family could, you know, could see that like I was working for the family, like I'm working to be better for the team. But then it was like, you know, I think that what you want to fight in this new world is not feel like you need to expose yourself to be someone. You know, like, it's, it's very troubling for me overall to put up shirt, like shirtless photos, because it's kind of like, I don't want to put up booty shots, you know what I'm saying? And like, I don't want to, to me, like, um, it's like me putting my package on display type of thing. It's kind of like, those are, that's not who I am. And, and that's not who people are either. Um, I know that that draws attention because, you know, sexual marketing is so impactful. Um, so I think that in this new world, I think everybody has to control not wanting to be seen like that ego, right? Like um, not, not, um, not wanting attention more than actual growth mm -hmm. because the moment you get attention, you can't take it off of you mm -hmm. and you better be ready for that attention because it, your best moments could become your grave mm -hmm. if you're not ready for it. So definitely just trust the, the slow burn, the slow burn, it's always great. It's all, it always brings great results into life. Take your time. It's a long career. If you really want to be an actor, it can't be that you want to blow up because you're young. It can't be that like, oh, I'm in shape. I have this six pack. Everybody has to see me now. I'm not a model. I'm an artist. I'm a performer. Right? I want to perform when I'm seven years old. 
Mm. And I want people to look back when I'm 70 to look and respect my career, not be like, oh, he was like fashion. He put on everything when it was popular so he could be seen. Mm. That's actually. I want to be classic. And I think everyone should focus on being classic. Well, this hairstyle that no one can see because this is just a podcast <laughs> is very oh. classic. You're not throwing up these videos. <laughs> well, I well now that I have permission, you know, I like to I like to respect yeah. you know. Um, I, but because yeah. you know, some people are are not looking their best, I'm like no, but I need it because I don't know how else to record. To be honest, and I like to see people when I'm talking to them, you know, see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um, you know, I thought it was you. I I got the hair done yesterday, and I thought to myself, oh, it's still with Daniel because it's all about hair. <laughs> This is perfect. Does it hurt? Is it still yeah. so, tight, um, nice and tight? I appreciate the opportunity of being here and, and chatting with you, Daniel. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciated your honesty working with you. And, and I think that you, um, you there was moments where I had certain issues that you were able to clarify in a professional way, not a personal way. Like, you know, like you said, we're, you know, even though we treat each other like family, this isn't family time. This is business time. <laughs> And it has to be remembered when you're on set. Oh, wow. I said that? Wow. Interesting. I really come up with some shit. I have to say. You're very wise, <laughs> I come up with some shit. <laughs> I mean, just to make people happy. Wow. Look at me go. Hey, we, we didn't have a whoop on set that day. No, no, no. I was I wasn't trying to you you weren't making me happy at all. You were you were putting me in my place. You were putting me in my place professionally that day. And I and I appreciated that very much. I walked out of there you know, respecting you a lot more that day. I remember that. Oh, I mean, I, I am the one with no, I, if I can tell someone that they're, they're sucking in a little cause the camera is not the best angle. I feel I can be real with people. And I, I do, I kind of honor my, like, like I would pull people aside in the right time and manner and like, let them, let them know. Cause it's yeah, only going to yeah. help at the end of the day. Cause we're in the world of fake. And I hate that about the world I work in, but the relationships I have with with people who I do their hair, you know, I I I love them. I I put I I'm supporting them a hundred percent. So um, I'm happy that that came through. That 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 was a cute one out of this this little interview. I wasn't expecting first and foremost. That's very sweet. Um, it is tough to navigate in the world of fake, you know what I mean? Like I, I have to also control that I can't be judgmental of people for trying to survive. And I, I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of that on set for seeing how people operate and, and the alliances that they make and the alliances that they won't make. But at the same time, I got to think to myself, like people are trying to, what, they're trying to do what they can do to keep food on their table and food on the family table. So I can't pull them out of judgment in reality. Right. Um, so tell the listeners, how have you been holding up with quarantine? Are you quarantined? I know you're in the Dominican Republic right now. Um, I am in an undisclosed location. At the okay. Moment. Yeah. Uh-huh. Project. Okay. Great. Um, working. Yeah. And, um, Good. so I've been working, I've been working like crazy. I've been so, I don't know, man, like quarantine has been super difficult and I try not to speak about it too much because a lot of people are hurting. A lot mm-hmm. of people are struggling, and um, I've been able to bounce and do other things. And um, I think it's it's a good time for everyone to really, to really think about what am I doing and why am I doing it, and is it really going to make me happy? Hundred percent. Yeah, I know. Well, I was ready. Really well. I was ready to go back to work, 
remember. I had two, I had two months off from, so I didn't do anything between mm -hmm. LinkedIn and the, the, so I was like, no, I'm ready. No, they said, no, no. I literally had a show like the 15th, like <laughs> they said, no. Um, so I'm, I've been, it, it's a whole new world here, like whole new world, but I'm happy you're working and keeping busy. Yeah. I mean, you look great, your hair. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see what you're going to be I appreciate creating uh, with, with what we're going to see next. I'm, I'm quite stoked. Um, do you want to give a shout out and like tell anyone like where they can find you, give them your Instagram handle, Jiminy Crickets. And we're still trying to push your, you got the check mark, you might as well use it. Um, what social medias are you on? Anything yeah, coming I mean, up they should watch out for? <laughs> oh my gosh. Still your PR man over here. I think pictures, pictures, pictures are better than the things I say. You know, I, so I, you know, Instagram is a at Ramses JT, and um, the next film that I have coming out is called Critical Thinking. It's coming out in the United States September fourth, mm -hmm. uh, directed by John Leguizamo, starring the great Angel Curiel that you can catch on Pose, and mm -hmm. also Jorge Landenborg, which is a rising, incredible star. Um, that project I'm really, really, really looking forward to. Like, oh my God, those the young talent in that movie is going to be the future of film in the Latinx community by far. Yes, I can't wait. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. And we will take a look out and hopefully we'll have you back in a little while after things come out and we can, you know, maybe not social distance. But thank you so much for being part of the Wig Hackers family. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. And I hope you and your family, your sister, oh. your mom, your dad. <laughs> I know. I hope, you, oh, yeah, I hope you guys are all super healthy and, and, uh, and super together and, uh, you know, uh. Everything is going well for you, Daniel. Nothing but blessings for you. Oh, all right. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. I'm not sure that you know about the Spornet hairbrushes. So the uh, funny thing is that I actually have had them in my kit for years now, like years. When we're talking years, like almost my whole career, from back in the day on the Broadway show Hair. Um, I loved the lightness of them and truthfully the color. That's really what drew me to them. So I had no idea that I actually have been using them for that long. So I used the Prego collection, um, literally in the one and a half inch, the two inch, the three inch, and the four inch. I have them all. I have two sets, one for the stage and one for the trailer. Um, and now that we're going into a whole new world of, you know, after COVID, everyone's going to have to have their own set of brushes. So I would definitely check them out. They are super affordable and they work amazing. Like I literally, my, my Prego brushes, they literally get used almost every day. You've seen it on absolutely everyone that I've worked on. So like from Vanessa Williams to um, uh, everyone, I mean, legit everyone um so yeah so i would definitely check them out spornet.com s-p-o-r-n-e-t-t-e.com uh literally these are the brushes that are going to change your life they have all different varieties they have extension brushes they have brushes for men's they have cushions teasing bros tanglers i would definitely check them out especially if you want a product that has been around for a long time and they have been and so they are making a huge comeback Oh yeah, check them out today.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Wig Hackers. Have an idea or a question you'd like me to answer? Feel free to reach out on any of my social media platforms at Daniel Coy Official on Instagram or on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you and hope to inspire you. Don't forget to share and rate me and do your hair because if you're looking good, you're feeling better. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.